Jesus' name. Everybody agree with that? Say amen. amen. And so our topic of our message again is freedom. So think about this. If freedom had a face, what would it look like? What would freedom look like? And I think about this morning as we, again, as we celebrated the 4th of July and, you know, we, we set aside the day to celebrate our nation's freedom as, you know, Americans and reflect upon, think about this, what it means and, and not only what it means as far as, you know, uh, uh, celebrating our nation, but also what it costs. Think about what it means and think about what it costs. The freedoms that you have today, the freedom you and I have to come and worship in a church today. Do you know that in some nations it's not so? They don't have this freedom that we have to come and open up our Bibles, to come and to freely worship, to come and to honor God. So think about this freedom because if it had a face, what would it look like? But I also want to say to all of you who are believers, thank God that the freedom that you're experiencing this morning is because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He laid his life down so that you and I can live, so that we can be set free. And we're going to explore that as well, looking at our, at our nation's freedom, national freedom, but also, also looking at our spiritual freedom. So there's a price. I'm going to read to you some things, some quotes by different leaders. And I want you, you know, to really, I believe it will bless you to hear about that, just how they believed God, our forefathers, how they believed God, and, 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 and looking at, you know, at our, our independence and, and understanding our freedom as a nation, what it took and what it meant to give their lives, to lay their lives down, to stand out in the crowd. But there was a price, say price. There's a price of freedom. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me uh, and go with me in this here. And, and, and we're just going to take our time and we have a few minutes that we'll share with you. But go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8. And as we turn there, I want to just share with you about the price of freedom. Our national liberty did not come cheap. How many of you know it did not come cheap? And let me share with you what I mean by that is this. I'm going to read this to you as you're, as you're turning your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. Wartime U.S. military deaths. How many would you say? Guess. Just give me a guesstimate. You know, how many you say lives, the men and women gave their lives for this freedom, this wartime, you know, in wartime, this freedom that we have today. How many? Throw some numbers out for me. Any idea? Over 10 million? Okay. All right. Someone else? 100,000? Okay. Anyone else want to give a shot at it? This is, this is wartime U.S. military deaths. Okay. Let me, share with, let me share some numbers with you because, you know, think about this. We're going to start from the beginning. The Revolutionary War. Listen to this. 4,435 military deaths. War of 1812, 2,260. Indian Wars, 1,000. Mexican War, 13,283. Civil War, 498,332. Just alone in the Civil War. Spanish-American War, 2,446. World War I. 1,106, excuse me, 116,516 military deaths. World War II, 405,399 deaths. The Korean War, 54,246. 
This is brave men and women that laid their lives down. The Vietnam War, 90,220. The Persian Gulf War, 1,565. And what we call today the global war on terror, 6,852. That comes out to, listen, one million. Everybody say a million. Wow. 196,554 lives of brave men and women. So freedom didn't come cheap. People laid their lives down. And I think about this since, since the various wars, what happened, perhaps it could be best, I, I think, described as this. Listen to this tribute. It's entitled this, The Price of Freedom. The Price of Freedom. Concerning those who fought in distant lands, defending our freedom, some were ready and prepared. Others were so young and so naive. Some of them chose to serve our countries. Others had no choice. They were called to serve. As they hugged and kissed their loved ones by, their hearts were heavy and tears filled in their eyes, not knowing if they would be coming back home or if they would die. It was all so unknown. As they prepared to fight for our freedom, we prayed to God for their safety. They all left their loved ones and their lives that they had known. They departed to an unfamiliar land, risking their lives, making so many sacrifices, being away from family and friends, giving up what most can't even comprehend, the horrors and atrocities that our veterans face and endured. You may not ever know or totally understand, but they protected our rights. They protected our rights, our freedom, and the rights of others so that we could have and enjoy freedom in our land. Some came home to a hero's welcome. Others didn't come home at all. They made the ultimate sacrifice. Some came home and were disgracefully shunned. Others have been so shamefully forgotten. All of our veterans served our country with great pride and true honor. There is a price for freedom, which they all so graciously paid. They all greatly deserve to be remembered and honored. After all, they are truly America's heroes. I know having served in the military, and I know what it's like to leave everything behind. I know what it's like to think that when you go to war, you may not come back. I mean, and so what you try to do is when you're going to war, you think, okay, do I have all of my business taken care of? Do I have everything that I need that I need to be done? I mean, just, just sure it up because you don't know. And what happens is many did that. They left, went to war, and came back. But then there were many that went to war and did not return. So we're talking about freedom. Everybody say freedom. And Romans chapter 5, verse 6 through 8, I'll be reading from the New King James Version. And it talks about freedom, but Christ in our place. And listen to this. For whom, for when, excuse me, for when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Isn't that wonderful? 
Isn't that amazing to know that we were so far off, to know that our lives and lives that we were living, that we were doing our own thing, but yet Christ still laid his life down, the ultimate sacrifice for mankind, the ultimate sacrifice for humanity, the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. First Peter, turn with me. Chapter 1, verse 18 through 19. It also describes and it shares with us just how important it is that the blood that was shed for you and I and what it means today. And let us not forget, ever forget, again, as I said earlier, the price of freedom. We shared with you about the wards. I shared with you about those who, who willingly laid their lives down. Jesus willingly laid his life down for you and I so that we can be here today, so that spiritually we can receive, we can experience the freedom that we have today. Say freedom. Looking at the beginning in verse 18 and 19, we're going to look there together. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. And it says this. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Knowing this, for as much as we know, we have been redeemed. You and I have been redeemed, but redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb, redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus. And it costs the father his most prized. I mean, just when you think about his heart, possession, his son. His only begotten son. Imagine a father, you today, right now. A mom, you today, right now. And your son or your daughter goes off to war. Or your son and daughter willingly lays their, lays their lives down. You know, I mean, you would think as a parent, wow. You know, because many parents, you think about when war, when someone goes and signs up in the military. You know, it's not just that person. It's the whole family. The whole family is in the military. Sometimes people think, you know, the wife, you know, they're home, they're taking care of whatever they're doing. But you know what? The wife is also in the military. The children is also in the military. Everybody. And you have to, you let your son or daughter go. And you think, man, can you imagine today? Wow, if you were one of those parents that received a knock on the door. And maybe if you're one of those parents in the days in which they would come and by telegram and they would send representatives of that branch and give you a notice and let you know that your son or daughter willingly laid their lives down for the country's freedom. But Jesus laid his life down for you and I, for our spiritual freedom. And our Heavenly Father shares this with us in his word. And I'm encouraging you today to understand that the freedom that you and I have today, this spiritual freedom, it came by a price. It was a huge price. That no one else could pay. No one else could pay the debt. No one but Jesus could pay that price. So I encourage you to walk in this freedom. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Now, the Bible, as we continue to read, we're talking about freedom because I want to encourage you, especially with so much going on in the media today, especially with so much that's happening in our nation. And we as believers need to be reminded that what does the word say? What does God declare? What is God speaking to us in his word? The things that are happening, can I tell you, around us, the Bible said it would happen. 
So we don't need to be all up in arms or, or be worried and concerned about all these things. The thing about it is, the truth is, if you want to know, it's going to get worse. It really is going to get worse. And so as a believer, let me comfort you with these words. Stay in the word. Believe God. Trust God. Understand the freedom that you have that was paid with this wonderful price, the precious blood of Jesus. Man, it was paid so that you and I could live in this wonderful nation, but also we can come to church, we can praise God, we can worship him as God intended us to worship him freely. Amen. So we're called to walk as free men. Now what I mean by free men as mankind, you and I were called to walk. Walk as free men in the spirit. Say in the spirit. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 7. I'm going to be reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. This is what it says, beginning in verse 6. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So oh, I like that. And as we look at this together, you have received Christ. I've received Christ. See, now as you receive Christ, but then we must walk in Christ. We must, we receive him, we walk in him. Then it goes on and says this, because as you walk in him, then you're going to be rooted and you're going to be built up in the Lord. And as you're built up, your faith will be established. And so when troubled times come, when all these things and, and wars and rumor of wars and things come, we're not going to be shaken. We're not going to be worried. Why? Because we trust in God. We trust in our Lord because he's faithful. That is promised. And then what we do, we can, we can, even in the midst of a storm, in the midst of difficulties, we can still have a thank you and a hallelujah and a praise God because we know who we are in Christ. We know about the freedom that was purchased for you and I. It was purchased with the blood of Jesus. I encourage you this morning. To walk as free men and women. And, and, and listen, this is only possible through the Spirit. Only possible to walk free. as truly, truly free. And, to, and listen, to fail to walk, let me say this if you're right, taking notes. To fail to walk and to experience this freedom that I'm talking about, that I'm talking about in the Word today, is to live in bondage again. You and I were never intended to live in bondage. Come on, somebody. You and I were never intended. Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice. From the very beginning, God had a plan. That's right. When man fell, when Adam fell, God's plan of redemption began to go right into motion, began to move right forward for all of us so that we wouldn't be bound, so that we wouldn't live in bondage, that we would be free and truly understand what our freedom represents and what we can do in Christ and what we have in Christ. We are never intended to live in bondage. And so today, if you're living in bondage, today, if you know someone who's living in bondage, you ought to let them know that they have been set free. Amen. Jesus Christ has set them free. Oh, man. And I think about our freedom. As I said, man, wonderful. We, we were at Disney watching, the, watching the, the wonderful, I mean, fireworks, and they're going off, and there are bright lights and all that, and you listen to these wonderful songs and the description of, of, of our freedom, and you just think about it, man. And, of course, my heart just swells up with pride because I love our nation. I love America, and I thank God for the freedoms that we have. But then you think about also, and in the right perspective, man, thank God. 
When we come to church, thank God. When we're reading the word, thank God. When we come together and we pray, thank God that there are believers. Come on, leaders who are believers that stand up for what is right. Regardless if everyone else decides to go in another direction, you continue to follow God. That's what they did. These men, our forefathers, as, as we begin to understand, you know, they, they were Christians. They, they, they weren't just common men that just said, oh, let's just put something together. Let's put the Declaration of Independence together. No, they were Christians. Let me tell you, uh, 55, 52. Wow. Christians. And so today, when we think about our nation being free, today, when we think about our freedom that we have in Christ, it took one man. Christ Jesus, who laid his life down for you and I, who gave it all away. Say, he gave it all away. Say that with me. He gave it all away. I love it. Let me share this with you. You'll really enjoy this. In 1863, listen to this. President Lincoln designated April 30th as a day of national humiliation, fasting, and prayer. When I found this and I read it, I said, man, this is so cool. I have to share it with you. You're going to like this. It says this. I'm just going to read a, just a, a portion of his proclamation. It says, it is true, it is the duty of nations as well as of men who owe their dependence upon the overruling power of God to confess their sins and transgressions and humble sorrow. Yet with assured hope that genuine repentance will lead to mercy and pardon and to recognize the sublime truth announced in the Holy Scriptures and proven by a history that those nations only are blessed whose God is their Lord. The awful calamity of civil war which now desolates the land may, it says be put uh, punishment inflicted upon us for our presumptuous sins to the needful end of our national reformation as a whole people intoxicated with unbroken success we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace too proud to pray to the God that made us we have grown in numbers, wealth, and power as no other nation has grown. But we have forgotten God. President Lincoln. This was back in the 1800s. Today, doesn't it sound the same? We have forgotten our God. Let's go on. Let's share a few other things. When I think about our patriots, when I think about those who have fought for our freedom, and for the, the religion, as we say, of religion, freedom of religion. Patrick Henry said this. I love these quotes. It says, it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ooh, I like that. John Quincy Adam, another quote. Here's what he said. He said, the highest glory of the American Revolution was it connected in one indissoluble bond, the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity? Why am I saying this today? Because this is the freedom. If freedom had a face, what would it look like today? If it had a face, what would it look like today? I mentioned to you earlier, here's a fact, 52 out of 55 of the founding fathers were Christians. 
They were believers. So when as believers, when we, when we fail, and I'm just telling you the truth, when we fail to walk in, in the liberty of the spirit, then guess what happens? We begin to live in bondage. This is what's happening with our nation. When we fail to walk in the liberty that we have been given, we began to place ourselves under bondage that we were never intended to be under. Never. And so I think about it, now that's the nation. But let's talk about spiritually speaking. Now come on. And we understand that everything has been paid for. The price for our freedom has been paid for. Jesus laid his life down for you and I. It has been paid for. And so here's what happens though. At times in our lives, we know that we know that we know that we know that the price has been paid. But yet at times, we still fall under this bondage. We still fall under this like, you know, just doing our own thing. We fall under this being selfish. You know, we fall under this like we forget. We don't remember. Like when we took communion today, we fail to remember what Jesus Christ has done for us on Calvary. Say on Calvary. We fail to remember. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Let's turn there. I encourage you not to become entangled in, in, in what we call this legalism of the law. Do you know that there are people that will actually try to take the word of God and to try to cause, to put bondage upon you with legalism, you know, and try to take the word and say what the word says and what it really doesn't say. Because when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross, he came for many purposes. And we understand that. He came, he came what, to seek and save the lost. We know that. He came to destroy the works of the devil. We know that. But he also came to set you free. He came to set men and women free. He came to set mankind free. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. This is what it says. Stand fast. Say that with me, stand fast. What does that mean to say? What does it mean to stand fast? Somebody help me. Don't move your ground. I mean, don't move. I mean, just stay right here. Stand fast. Regardless of what's happening around you, stand fast. You know, and have some resolve. You know, ha have some gumption, as we would say. Don't, don't, don't quit. You know, uh, don't just back up just because a little pressure comes up against you. Stand fast. How many have ever had pressure come up against you? Sure you have. How many ever had people talk about you? Sure you have. But you've got to learn how to stand. Regardless, I mean, how many have ever had even people speak against you that are really close to you? I mean, close. I'm not just talking about a friend, even family. Come on, somebody. Even when you said, I've chosen to believe God, I've chosen to follow God, and they said, hey, you know what? You fell out of the tree or something's wrong with you. Come on now. Because, you know, if you didn't grow up in a Christian home, then all of a sudden, here he is. You know, you found the Lord. Come on. The Lord didn't find you. You found the Lord. And then everyone else, though, decided that they don't want to go that way. They don't want to follow God. They look at you as, what? as being strange. They look at you as being different. Now, they may not say nothing in front of you. Come on now. Can I talk to you this morning? They may not say anything in front of you because you're the most wonderful brother, the most wonderful sister in the world. But, man, when vacation's over, they're glad that you left. Come on now. So, Ma. Because they're like, man, I don't know about all that Christianity stuff. I don't know about all that Jesus stuff. Uh, can I be real with you? I'm talking to you. You see, but listen, just because 
They may not understand your heart and understand that you believe in God and you trust God. That doesn't mean you back up and become like them. That doesn't mean you come under that bondage again. You've been set free. You stay out from under that bondage. You continue to live for God regardless of what they say, regardless of what they do. Even if they disown you. Now they don't invite you. Now I'm not saying doing stuff not to be invited now. Come on now. And there's an extreme to everything. Like, oh, no, you're not invited here, man. No, you can't come swinging from the chandeliers. No, we can't do that now. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, I'm talking about just being free, loving God, honoring God. That's, that's all I'm talking about. Not going out and doing some stuff that, that no one wants to invite you, not even your family. Oh, okay, all right. Well, it's true. Everybody say Balanced. Now notice what it says, stand fast. Stand fast, therefore, in what? In the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. You just have to stand in it. I mean, if we're reminded to stand, that means there could be at times in our life that we can fall. Stand fast. Therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Again, as I say this here, and, and shortly, just, you know, just close, just want to share a few things with you as we begin to close, that there are people who don't want you to be free. I know that may sound, odd, may sound odd. It may sound like, what do you mean? There are people who don't want you to be free. There are people that want you to live in bondage. There are people that try to tell you that, hey, there is no God. There's people who try to tell you, why are you serving God? Why are you going to church? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? There's no sense. There's no use to it. And really what they're saying is come back over here and live under bondage with us. I mean, what you're doing, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your life. That's really what they're saying. There are people who don't want you to be free. But not only that, there are people who don't want you to express your faith in Christ. What do you do in the public place? What do you do, you know, in a supermarket? What do you do as someone, you know, something they talk about the weekend that they had and all the partying that they were doing and all the drinking that they were doing. Are you listening to me? What do you do? Let me encourage you. You stand up. You stand fast. And say, this is what my weekend was like. Man, I had a wonderful time with my family, praising God, went to church. You start talking about that, all of a sudden the room starts clearing out. But those who stay may want to hear what you have to say. I said they may want to hear what you have to say. Are you with me? Let me read this scripture to you and then we're going to close. Don't forget the price of freedom. Don't forget the price of freedom. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 through 9. And this is where we'll end. Don't forget. Say don't forget. We cannot forget the price of freedom. Verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1 says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, verse 7 and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness charity verse 8 for if these things be in you and abound they make you 
that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lastly, it says this, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off and had forgotten that he was purged from his own sins. From his own sins. Forgotten. This is what it says here. That's why you got to read the whole thing. But he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Think about it. They've forgotten. Say forgotten. They have forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Will you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. And I want you to think and reflect this morning. Think about the freedom that you have. Yes, this wonderful freedom in our nation. But I also want you to think about this freedom that we have in the kingdom of God. The question simply is this, are you free in Jesus Christ? Or are you still living in bondage today to to someone? Are you living in bondage to something else? This is the question we must ask ourselves. Am I really free in Christ or am I living in bondage? Does something have a control over my life, over my thinking? Is something more important to me than God? Are you living as a free person, a free woman, a free man? Or are we living in bondage? Because I will tell you today, and let me share this with you as you're listening. And let me minister this to you. This is so so true that... A person without Christ, a person that's without Jesus Christ, understand this, despite their their political freedom, is more bound than a person who's in prison for life, but has Jesus Christ in their heart because they've accepted Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Freedom. If it had a face, what would it look like? Freedom, what would it sound like? Freedom, what would it look like? Heavenly Father, with our heads...